0: Hello Just Sports fans and welcome back to another episode of Just Sports and uh, today in this episode we are going to be talking about the end of the season for the NFL and more specifically we're going to talk about what each NFL team should do or needs to do and then we're going to also talk about one or two things that they should not do or something that they should not neglect and so we're going to go through all 32 NFL teams here And the way that I want to do this is I want to go through starting with the Chiefs and then like the 49ers and kind of go through, you know, what the playoff teams were. And then we'll talk about the non-playoff teams toward the back end of this. So, again, uh, we're going to talk about what each NFL team should do or needs to do. And then something that they shouldn't do or should not neglect. Uh, before we get to that, though, uh, I want to talk a little bit about the prediction. My prediction of the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl came through. It's a little bit off on the initial score that I said in my podcast, although uh, that was a little bit before some injuries and things came out. Uh, so I was still relatively close. So I'm happy about that. Uh, happy and congratulations to the Chiefs winning. Uh, Andy Reid winning the third in a row there, and Mahomes as well, too. I believe this does make them a dynasty now, and uh, I don't think you can really argue that. Um, Are they one of the better dynasties? I don't know. Mahomes is definitely one of the best quarterbacks we've ever had in the NFL, Uh, but that doesn't mean that there isn't a lot of work to do for them coming up, and that's who we'll get to here in a minute. Uh, So let's talk about the Kansas City Chiefs and the moves they need to make So when you win the Super Bowl, it seems like everything's all well and good, right? Well, pretty much, but that also depends on all the free agents you may have, as well as contract extensions and things like that. But we're not here to break down every single bit of that. We're just here to talk about a move they need to make. And I think it was pretty apparent in the Super Bowl and all throughout the playoffs that they need a dynamic wide receiver who can catch the ball. It's pretty amazing that the – you know, Chiefs basically had about three players, if, if you don't count Mahomes, that would consistently make some plays: Pacheco, Kelsey, and then usually one other random. Sometimes Scantling would would do a deep ball, but you know, it was always like a third random type guy. Um, and the other reason they need this dynamic receiver is that Kelsey, who knows, you know, we just saw his brother retire, and Kelsey, I believe, is about thirty-four. Um, so who knows, Kelsey, I mean, you know, he, maybe he goes another four years, maybe he only goes next year. Uh, he could retire in the soft season for all we know. So they've got to get prepared for that. They got to get prepared for, uh, Kelsey aging as well. And just more importantly, like, I think, you know, having Rasheed Rice is helpful and I think he'll come along. But if you can get a playmaker in there now to help out with that, especially if Kelsey is on the decline a bit, which I think he is, then that will just continue their run. Uh, so that's the move I think they need to make. Now, the move to not neglect for the Chiefs is they better not neglect the left tackle position. I believe they have a guy that's a free agent, and I think it was one of these where he might not have been the best anyhow. So you can't, when you have a quarterback like you do in Mahomes, you can't neglect that left tackle position. You just can't. I mean, number one, you do, you're probably going to get your guy hurt. And number two, you're just not going to be effective as a team. So that's, you know, they have about $30 million to spend, which is a little bit below the league average. But part of that money desperately needs to go to keeping their left tackle. And so I think the move for the Chiefs to not neglect is the left tackle. And now we're going to move on to the San Francisco 49ers. And boy, let me tell you when I was trying to think of like the move they need to make this is tough because that GM John Lynch is going to have a headache. I mean, most of that team is really, really good. You got the guys, stars position and positions everywhere on the roster. I mean, the biggest thing, you know, is probably continuity. I think you got to, Find out, you know, you got to look at your analytics, your stats, your data, talk to your coaches. You got to figure out who was the most effective guys. And you really need to keep that continuity. Uh, So any guys who was very productive continuity wise, I think you got to find every way to keep them, keep that thing rolling. You got to trust that um, Purdy's going to get better and keep rolling there, too. So I don't think there's any major changes or any major one thing necessarily that I would point at. Um, maybe they could use a little bit better guards, center or something like that. Uh, just to make sure that if you're going to go th- you know forward with Purdy, that you give him every chance to succeed on that. And I think that's prudent. You know, to you know if you got a quarterback you believe in and you can trust, then you need to do the best to get his offensive line up to par. I don't believe Purdy is elite, but he has shown he is very capable of getting them a Super Bowl, uh, but he needs to have everything around him to do so. So I, I think, you know, as much as we're talking about maybe one move they need to make, I also think that's the thing for the 49ers is, is to not neglect. Although after firing their defensive coordinator, I will say they, they can't take that for granted either. Uh, that's something that kind of bothered me uh, is them firing Steve Wilkes. I mean, I guess if he's not a fit, then he's not a fit, but that needs to be defined a little better, and you know you don't want that to lag as well. So those are probably the two things, not neglecting the offensive line and then not just doing this every year with your coordinators and your defense. So they'll have to get that straight. Now we're going to move to the Baltimore Ravens. And the move they need to make, to me, this is one of the teams that has a little bit, you know, a little more obvious in what they need to do, and that's Justin, I think, Matabuki, Justin Matabuki or uh, Matabuc, uh, he needs to be resigned. I mean, come on. Like this guy had 13 sacks, caused massive pressures on quarterbacks. You got I know Ravens are really good typically in a draft and replacing guys, but I think this one's an exception. I think this is one where you you need to find a way to make this happen. If nothing else, you got a franchise tag him. Uh, and they can worry about all the other positions that they have in a draft. Uh, But I think this would be hard to replicate right off the bat. And if they're a playoff team, then you need to re-sign that guy. Uh, I think the move to not neglect for the Ravens, and this is going to be different than what you're going to see a lot of other people talk about. I've heard a lot of people talk about, like, oh, they have to get a receiver, and you know, they have to get um, pass protection or whatever for Jackson. And to me, it's the running back position. And hear me out on this for a second, okay? I'm gonna take him in on this one. You have J.K. Dobbins, and he's been hurt like every year. I can't remember exactly, but he's only played in I think a common I think like a handful of games in the last two seasons, and he's had two major injuries in the last two seasons. So that's something there where oh my gosh, like, you know, I don't think you can trust him to come back and he's a free agent too. So I think I would move on if I was the Ravens on him. And then you go to another guy, the other guy who's Gus Edwards and Gus Edwards is a fine player. But again, I believe he ended his season with an ACL and he's 28. So you're getting these guys who are, you know, not old, old, but they're older in terms of having these injuries and they're going to catch up, you know, and you're just not the same. And so, Gus Edwards, a free agent, J.K. Dobbins, a free agent, both coming off major injury concerns. And I think you got to move on. I mean, I know you could probably get at least Gus Edwards back cheaply. And if that's, that's, that's fine if you do, but I don't think you can look at him as your starting running back anymore. And then you move to Keaton Mitchell, who is on the team. He's not a free agent or anything, but he also had like an ACL tear. So, I mean, what do you like? If you're the Ravens, like, what are you doing? You bring him back one of those three that have had major injuries and are not elite backs. Um, You know, and you bring back the other two who are FAs. There's a couple guys that could be out there on the free agent market, like Eckler, like Derek Henry, uh, some others that I'm just not thinking of at this moment, but I think it, you know, and that's not to mention somebody that could be drafted as well, but I think you already got a guy, Keith Mitchell. And if he's due to be back by the beginning of the season, that's great. But if he's having a little issue I think you actually bring in somebody like Derrick Henry, good veteran player, still got plenty left in the tank, and then could be a good one-two punch with somebody like Keaton Mitchell. So I, I think the Ravens should move on and, and try to get another back there. I think that's the move they need to make to keep the pressure off from Jackson having to feel like he has to run around and make that, those plays. Next up, we're going to talk about the Detroit Lions and the move they need to make. I think they need to get an elite secondary. I mean, my God, how many freaking games did the lions have where it was like 40 points, you know, <laughs> like they're having to score like 40 points, just, you know, just to beat teams and they got a great offense and they're doing everything well. they Bring bringing back their coordinators. So I think you just need to really put a big focus on making your defense better, specifically the secondary and the defensive backs and safeties. Um, you know they had good pass rushers, um, but it doesn't really matter if you got corners and defense backs and safeties that just can't stick with guys. So that's something they really need to address. Wouldn't be too shocked if they ended up drafting two, or if they you know went one draft and one off the free agent market. I think they just they got to get better there. And then the move not to neglect for the Lions is uh, that two starters on the offensive line that are going to be free agents and we just saw how good their offense can be. So I think you need to keep up with the continuity there. Uh, probably look at re-signing their guys, especially by and Josh Jackson, but, um, uh, Jonah Jackson, maybe not, but anyway, if, if not, then they need to upgrade those spots and make sure they're upgrading better. So continuity on the offensive line and, uh, is the move not to neglect, and I think the thing they very, very much need is to short that secondary. Now we're going to talk about Buffalo Bills and the move they need to make. I believe they've got to address the defensive line. There are many free agents in that defensive and defensive tackle area for the Bills. Uh, the problem is they're 51 million. Let me say it again, 51 million over the cap. So they will have to be choosy of how they do it. Um, they're going to have to probably rely on some draft picks there. And I think the move to not neglect is Stefan Diggs. They've got to figure out, um, you know, with them being over the cap and where Stefan Diggs' uh, mentality is with being on the team. And if, uh, you know, and they don't have a reliable number two that could even approach being a number one or any of that. So um, the thing about that is they need to figure out if he's going to be disgruntled or not, if he's disgruntled on a team, then he needs to go. I mean, he needs to trade him and start moving on. I don't feel like this is going to be a good year for the Bills. I feel like they're going to start to fade off here. Um, you know, we'll talk about that at a later time. But the Bills, like I said, $51 million over the cap. I don't believe they have a ton of draft picks either. Uh, they might have, you know, a standard amount. But they're not in the greatest position. And like I said, they got they're going to have – a lot of defensive issues to address. So I think the, you know, the move to make is trying to figure out what they're going to do there defensively, if they want to stay competitive. And then you also, at the same time, can't have disgruntled players. So are you moving on from digs is the next question. Now, the next team we're going to talk about is Houston Texans. Probably the, one of the surprise teams this year, as far as making the playoffs uh, they did really well, and sometimes when you do well like that and you're kind of ahead of schedule, it can be a little more difficult uh, to figure out exactly where you want to go because you may have thought you needed to go in a different direction before you made the playoffs, and now you may have to switch gears and you know look at things a different way. I think uh, adding an impact, impact defensive playmakers – uh, it could be a corner, it could be a defensive end, defensive tackle, they just kind of needed this disruptor one way or another, and they need a, a guy that can either make plays on intercepting the ball or breaking passes up, and, you know, they could definitely use a pass rusher, sacker, you know, somebody calls fumbles, things like that, uh, really needing both, but, you know, if they could definitely get one, that'll be a big help to them, uh, so they also need to be able to stop teams and make the defensive play when they need to. I don't think their defense is that bad. They just It just seemed like, you know, if they didn't get three and outs quickly, they just couldn't make the big play on defense. So that's kind of what they need. I think offense with time will be good enough. There's really not a whole lot there to worry about. I think um, Devin Singletary is is something they need to consider bringing back. Uh, And then that leads me to the move to not neglect so speaking of the offense, I don't think they should ignore the impact that Dalton Schultz had. And I think they should do whatever they need to do to get him back. The free agent market will not have that kind of player and only brought wow bah, excuse me for that brought Bowers and the draft comes close. And so I think when I get to looking at the free agent market of tight ends, um, you know, and versus what they what they need to resign and what's out there in the draft. I think it just makes more sense to bring Schultz back. He had a good rapport with C.J. Stroud. You know, you got Nico Collins and um, you got Tank Dell, and I, I think Nico Collins might need an extension. But I think you just you just reload that. You know, you just reload that, especially with a rookie quarterback. And then you know, in another year or two, whatever, you can you can kind of deal with those things. But for now, I would just I think it's really important that they bring Dalton Schultz back. And that leads us to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the move they need to make Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I guess you could say in a way we're a little bit of a surprise team. Although with that division, you know, it wasn't a a real surprise. Uh, They being, they just were the team that ended up staying the most solid, I guess you could say, but the surprise was in how well Baker Mayfield performed with Mike Evans and Mike Evans performed. You know, Mike Evans just keeps tacking on 1,000-yard seasons despite who his quarterback is. So uh, they're both free agents, and I think they, I think the Buccaneers will do everything they can to bring back Mayfield and Mike Evans. But that is the move they need to make, make no doubt about it. I mean, if you're not going to bring back Mayfield and Mike Evans, then you just blow the whole damn thing up. Uh, so they need to make sure to bring back Mike uh, – excuse me, Mayfield and Mike Evans for sure. That combination worked well. And that's pretty much the big engine in their offense. Um, and then uh, maybe look at the O-line a little bit as well, too, would be the other move they need to make if they're going to re-bring those guys back. But the move to not make or to watch out for is neglecting the defense. There's all this focus on the offense of so bringing Mayfield back, Mike Evans back, shoring up the offensive line. but. They had one of the better defenses in the NFL, so they they can't neglect that. Now, they're only going to have about 36 million caps, so it will be tough. But I think if they can bring back some of the key players like a Levante David, then they should be fine enough. And then they should be able to make subs or some of that in either FA or more likely the draft. But that's the Buccaneers and what they need to do. And then we're going to move on to the other surprise team, which is the Green Bay Packers. I don't think... Hardly anybody had them making the playoffs this year, especially in that division when you thought the Vikings were going to be better. Um, But the move they need to make, despite as good as they did is they need to solidify their safety spot. And they probably need to look a little bit at some other defense. Uh, But that's probably the big key there. They had a couple times where they just, you know, especially against teams with a lot better receivers, they just get kind of blown away uh, on bigger plays and they have three free agents at that position so it's time to kind of upgrade, relook at it, resolidify it and make them better going forward, not have to put as much pressure on Jordan Love to play catch up in some of these games. And then the move to not make, I think for them is they don't need to sign a big free agent name. This team is young, this team's developed through the draft and I think that's something that they really need to keep doing. Now I'm not saying don't go get any veteran receiver or veteran players or anything like that. I think there's a lot of spots on this team, especially like at receiver, maybe even at tight end, uh, probably at like corner or something like that, where it would probably behoove them to actually bring in a veteran, especially if that veteran had playoff experience. We talked about some of these other teams already that are not going to have a ton of cap room and are going to be cutting some veterans. So I think that's something the Packers should look at and see if they can – You know, not necessarily sign a big frigate name, but get a cheaper veteran. They're only going to have about seven million cap space. uh, So they're still going to be drafting a lot of guys and whatnot, but I could probably pull in one or two key vets that won't cost them a whole bunch and provide that valuable experience to their young core. Uh, Dallas Cowboys. So much like the Lakers, I don't like talking about the Cowboys, but we'll, we'll, for this, we will a little bit. So the move they need to make is basically to extend or not this off season is all about what do you want to give Mike McCarthy to be successful? Uh, I mean, he's essentially a late duck coach until they either fire him or they decide to, um, extend him. But it sounds like they're just going to let him go through the season and kind of let that dictate how, you know, what he'll earn or what will happen with his status afterward. And, but that being said, they have decisions on Tony, Tony Pollard, Tyron Smith, Stephen Gilmore, and some other key free agents. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do there as far as those free agents and what they give McCarthy to work with. This team is pretty much built to make another run if they want it to be that way. Uh, otherwise, it seems to me like they, sh- you know, they should have just let McCarthy go and kind of start it over. But that leads us to the move to not make. And I think it's they shouldn't hedge on the free agent. Uh, Cowboys need to be, you know, uh, they don't need to hedge on the free agents. They either need to be all in or all out. You either just go ahead and start this thing over and extend McCarthy and let them have another two, three years rebuild some of it back up or you push all in. You know, re-sign a lot of these guys and see if he can do it again. Um, But that's kind of where they are, even if they, you you know, need to make the tough financial decisions. But uh, that's just kind of what I see they need to do and what they don't need to do. Philadelphia Eagles. So the move they need to make, they got two big ones. They need to get a good quality center for Hertz with uh, Jason Kelsey retiring. I mean, that's primary. They need to get that in there and start that going with Hurts uh, so they can get that figured out. And then the secondary was one of the worst in the league. Uh, they've got to get that short up if they want to stay as a competitive playoff team. Uh, other than that, the Eagles are in a pretty good spot overall. I don't think there's really much there. They need to tweak. They're kind of, you know, to me, a lot like the 49ers, where you should probably bring back a lot of the uh, players that were efficient and productive and try to run it back again. Um, now, that being said, I think what they need to make sure the, the to not neglect is the running game with Swift, uh, or the running game with Swift's gotten Penny, all free agents. Finding a good running back to take the pressure off Hurts and the pass game would go far for their playoff chances. I mean, I don't think you can just throw something at that spot. It almost seems like that's what they've done in the past. They need to make sure that spot is, is you know, a plus for them and not uh, just a whatever for them. The Cleveland Browns, this team's kind of interesting, you know, letting their offensive coordinator go, um, you know, what's the health of Watson going to be. It's, you know, it's one of these teams where you kind of go, are they going to be better or not? So I think the move they need to make is to revamp the wide receiver position. I mean, I just don't think that Cooper, excuse me, I just don't think that Amari Cooper – is, you know, that great of a player, and the other receivers just haven't stepped up. Um, Watson will need to be better, and how's he going to look coming back? Um, And then the cap space may limit the Browns to make moves in the draft, make, make moves, and then, you know, what they will need in the draft may be key as well. So I think the move to not neglect is the draft. They're replacing 26 potential free agents. Uh, It's not going to be easy for a team that's $11 over the cap. Um, So they're going to have to really uh, trust what they do in the draft, although they don't have a first-round pick nor a fourth-round pick. So I kind of feel like they're a team that probably should look at trading a guy like Cooper, probably trading, you know, one or two vets, almost like, you know, Rebuild, but competitively, I guess is something we hear. But they're going to have to figure it out. Uh, they're not in a great position to make their team a whole lot better. And one team that probably is is the Miami Dolphins. So the move they need to make is they need to secure Tua Tagovailoa for the long haul, and make sure to secure the O line as well. I think that should be a lot of their focus. I mean, Tua may not be elite. You know, it's a little hard to say. But he is good enough. He just needs all the help he can get right now. And so I think that's, you know, what you need to concentrate on. I mean, they got good receivers. They got good backs. You know, just keep that offensive line around him well. And then I think the move to not neglect is obviously their defense, specifically defensive backs and safeties. is another team that let up a lot of points, let just things go at times. Even if the offense did well, it just seemed like the defense was outmatched. So they need to make sure they focus in on that as well. And uh, they just, the defense just let their team down way too much. And it needs to be better period. Uh, Minnesota or excuse me, the Los Angeles Rams and the move they need to make. This is kind of tough because I think Rams were one of these teams that sort of did better than most people expected. I don't know. Probably the Rams themselves did as well as they expected or what they wanted to do. But it's kind of tricky. You know, you got a couple older players on here now, successful players, but older players, and they're good. You need to keep them around if you want to be competitive. But at the same time, I think if you're the Rams, you need to look for opportunities to build for the future as well. And so, you know, you look to get Stafford's successor, possibly, in a quarterback-rich draft. Um, obviously, you know, whoever, if you are to draft somebody in a second or even third round, you're not expecting them to play uh, in the next year or two, really. Um, but I think you can treat it kind of like, you know, an Aaron Rodgers, Jordan Love situation where they sit behind a good quarterback, you know, and then you'll you'll see, you'll cross that bridge when you get there in three or four years. Uh, and I think tight end as well. I mean, you know, you're looking at bringing back Higby, and much like with the Texans where there's really not anything out there for you, and there's one – You know, real big name in in the draft. I think you try to bring back your tight end for familiarity's sake, you know, on that. Or you try to look at making a trade or something. But I think it's another one for the Rams. And I think the Rams are in a good spot with $40 in cap space and some good picks. So they have a first-round pick in what seems like ages. I think in like five or six years, something like that. Um, So they should realize to not to push – the chips all in and keep building the team, right? Stafford could play possibly into his forties and still be effective. So again, I think the move to not neglect here is the future. Don't, don't push all the chips in and try to be one of the top teams next year. Just build it the right way in two or three years. Yes. Stafford probably be 38, whatever, but you know, I think he can still be a good quarterback, good effective quarterback. And if you have everything around them, You know, we've seen older quarterbacks be successful, Flacco, Rodgers, you know, so it's possible. Um, So the Rams just need to make sure they don't sell out on the future. And then our last playoff team here was the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I think the move that they need to make is obvious. It's probably one of the most obvious out of the whole NFL, and that is they got to figure out the quarterback. I mean, it doesn't seem like Pickett is going to be the man there. And they've got to find a solution. The problem is they're not high up in the draft. I want to say like 13th pick or something like that. So they're not high up in the draft and they're probably not going to really be able to trade up and do that. It's probably not going to be as feasible for them to do that. So they're probably looking at, you know, I think they're probably looking at three quarterbacks, Uh, you know, they're probably, Eying Cousins, they're probably looking at uh, the situation for Russell Wilson, and they're probably looking at Tannehill, too, since they're bringing in Arthur Smith as the coordinator. Um, I would think that Tannehill would be a little bit more of a last resort guy. I would think that if Russell Wilson got released, that he would probably be the first guy you'd want to try to look at and go after it makes much more sense for a championship style team in the Steelers to get a quarterback who's been there, done that uh, probably has a little more talent. I would think cousins would make a lot of sense too, but I don't know if it's the right fit for that team. Um, and then of course, Tannehill having familiarity with um, Arthur Smith would, would fit, but Tannehill is just not the quarterback he used to be. So that would be a stop measure for a year or two and then trying to either draft or, you know, go after another free agent quarterback that's better at, at that time. Uh, but with all that being said, I think the move to not neglect as uh, the defense has to get better in the secondary. They do have one really good corner, but overall they just need to make that happen, keep, get that better. Uh, there's just times where, It looked like the Steelers had gotten the team right where they needed them to be. The rest of the defense had done well, and then it was one big play from one receiver that just killed them. Uh, The problem is the Steelers only have about 7 million cap room, uh, but they do tend to draft well, so that's crucial for them this year to make that happen. And now we move to non playoff teams, and what I tried to do here is trying to pretty much go by record down. And so we'll, we'll get the teams here that were really close to making the playoffs and then the teams that were sort of in the, the you know, bottom half and then towards the back end finish this off. So first non-playoff team we're going to talk about here is the Cincinnati Bengals. And the move that they need to make is they need to make a decision if they're keeping Higgins. All indications are that they're going to put the franchise tag on him to not lose him and then probably try to keep working on a deal. I think it makes a lot of sense uh, to do that. You know, you're you're losing your offensive coordinator and Brian Callahan, who's gone and become the head coach for the Tennessee Titans, which we'll get to uh, later in the list here. But, you know, if you're going to lose your big game planner like that, because that's what Brian Callahan did – it's better to then bring back some people that are at least familiar or have that chemistry with your quarterback. And so I think they'll look to do that. I would be kind of surprised if they can't make a deal, work out with Higgins. I think after Higgins injury, I don't think he would have been able to, uh, to, you know, charge as much as he might have had he stayed healthy and had a great year. Uh, so I think it's kind of a boon to the Bengals in a way that that happened. They should be able to get him back. Uh, the team is also having Tyler Boyd, Trenton Irwin on the free markets as well. So they kind of need to, not necessarily start over at receivers, but they do need to probably rebuild their depth. Uh, Tyler Boyd may want to stick around. Uh, I kind of feel like he's going to either end up with the Bengals or he's going to end up with the Titans, you know, go with his coordinator. It uh, seems like either one of those two teams. And I think same thing with Trenton Irwin too. Um, but – if they, can't, if they lose both those guys, then they probably need to look at rebuilding um, that receiver group. They also have their starting tight end is on the free agent market as well, too. So I think that's the move they need to make is concentrate on Higgins and the rest of that wide receiver group, tight end group. You got to keep the weapons around Burrow and familiar ones will be better, especially as you're breaking in a new offensive coordinator. Now, the move to not neglect is their left tackle position. They had a guy, Jonah Williams, that moved off of him, moved him to right tackle, brought in a guy a little bit older to protect Joe Burrow, but I think that's fine, you know, if you want to bring him back, but I think you need to go ahead and maybe draft that left tackle for years to come and not try to worry about patchworking that. Burrow's way too good of a quarterback, and he needs to stay healthy. So they need to reevaluate that offensive line and make sure that – you know, that they have everything in place for Joe Burrow to be successful on that. Jacksonville Jaguars, a uh, move they need to make. So they probably didn't have as good of a year as they wanted to have or thought they were going to have. But one thing's for certain, and this is one of the more obvious team moves to me, is they need to get a long term deal with Josh Allen. And at the very least, they got a franchise tag to have the guy. You can't let him get away. Um, and they need to solidify the guard spots for Trevor Lawrence as well. But those two key things, they could keep their, their high-end pass rusher and keep Trevor Lawrence upright and not getting hit, I think will, will go well in terms of making them better. Uh, now, the move to not neglect is overreacting to Calvin Ridley's good year. Now, listen, I was a big fan of Ridley's coming back. You know, I think he screwed up. I think he's ready to prove himself, and he did. But this is also a deep receiver class in free agent, possibly. This is also a deep receiver class as far as the draft goes. And I really do think for the Jaguars, you, you need to kind of just, you need to just really be out there. Let him be out there. Let him test the market. Let him see what he's going to get. I don't think there's going to be a ton of teams that are going to jump on what is going to be, I think, a 29-year-old receiver. Uh, who's only come back for one year and played in one year after being out for almost two years. I just don't think there's going to be a whole lot out there. Now that could change if a lot of other teams like the Colts who we'll get to here next resign Pittman or, you know, Buccaneers resign Evans and some of these other guys that are out there, then that may change. But I think you have to, if you're the Jaguars, I think you sort of need to let that, let that just be and let that go. Um, for now, and if you can get a good deal on them, then bring them back. Um, but I think that's you know, I think that's the moves for the Jaguars in terms of franchise and tagging Allen or getting a long-term deal, doing the guard spots for Lawrence, and then not overreacting to to release Good Year and just being cautious and careful about how they spend their uh, free agent money as well as their draft picks, and not overreact to one good year from one player. And then the Indianapolis Colts, so the move they need to make is they need to get serious at the wide receiver position. I mean, it's kind of like they've relied on Pittman for the last whatever years, and they just they haven't been able to develop anything else behind them. And it's kind of weird because they have had some picks there. You know, they just they need to get that figured out. They need – to, you know, be in the mold of a lot of these other teams like the Bengals and whatnot, where you have two solid receivers, uh, especially now that you have Anthony Richardson, you got to give him some weapons, possibly get a tight end that's better. you, you got to give the guy some weapons, um, you know, and so Anthony Richardson, you know, can maybe not have to make plays with the legs and can actually throw to some guys that will be open. And... Uh, You know, I believe they will need to spend both draft capital and free agent money to receivers as well as the tight end spots. So look for them to do that. Now, the move to not neglect, and I think this is key. You know, we saw Anthony Richardson go down and they had Gardner Minshew. And Gardner Minshew, you know, was keeping them in it pretty well. And it kind of looked like they might actually make the playoffs at one point with him. So honestly, I think they should try to re sign him. But at the very least, they need to get a very good quality backup in. For Richardson, I mean, Jacoby Brissett or, you know, maybe, you know, Tannehill or something like that is is able to be a backup. But you need a good, solid backup because I just for one, I just don't believe that Richard is going to be a healthy quarterback. I just don't. And I hate to say that. I'm not trying to say, you know, this guy's bad or anything. There's just, you know, when you've watched NFL as long as I have, you just begin to see certain patterns. And certain players just end up like other players that have played before them. And I just see Robert Griffin written all over Anthony Richardson, really good player, really good player, really dynamic player. But I just see him in the same mold where he's just not going to stay healthy. I just, that's just what I see. And I might be all wrong. And I, I hope for Anthony Richards sake and his health that I am wrong, but sometimes you just see certain things and that's what I see. And, I think – so I think the Colts would be very prudent to re-sign Minshew if possible. Um, You know, so they give themselves a good quality semi-quasi starter as a quarterback. Seattle Seahawks. Oh, boy. Seattle Seahawks. Wow. Getting rid of Pete Carroll this year. I mean, that kind of shocked the world if you ask me. I didn't see that coming. I mean, granted, he's still going to be on the sidelines or in the booth or wherever he's going to be as a consultant for them. And I, the way I understand it is um, that they're going to keep him around for his expertise and leadership. Well, let me just do it this way. So their president said, and this is the exact quote, is they're going to basically rely on his expertise and leadership and building a championship culture will continue as an integral part of our organization moving forward. So if that translates to Mike McDonald, then that's great but it needs to work out well. I think, you know, that's great in thought and theory, especially when you have a legend like that around, if they can literally be kind of a sounding board and a guide mentor and make sure they're not, you know, really influencing what the coach is doing in terms of the actual day-to-day moves and things like that, then I think you got something there. Um, But they got to get everyone on the same page on that. Um, And, you know, Pete Carroll, Mike McDonald, all these guys, like you, you have to move forward with that vision, that culture. And if they can do that, then I think it's a really good move. Um, and we'll see how that all works. But, man, moving on from Pete Carroll, that's quite the change. Now, I do think Mike McDonald's been a good coach, so we'll see if he, how good of a head coach he ends up working out to be. And then I think the move to not neglect uh, for them is the offensive line. It needs to be better in the interior, guards, whatnot. For Geno Smith to operate well, I mean, Geno Smith to me is just a quarterback that he can be a good quarterback, but again, you you got to have things in front and around him that are elite in order to do so. And he has elite receivers, he has good running backs, he, and he he just needs elite or very good protection as well. And and when he has that, he can be most effective. I think uh, they probably do need to consider you know, a potential long-term solution. I don't think they necessarily need to draft a quarterback, but I think if if the right one were to fall to them, um, maybe they should think about that instead of having Drew Locke. But I doubt they will do that, but we'll see. And then the New Orleans Saints are our next team here. And Saints were a mess. Uh, they had every right to be a team that should have probably won that division, but this is another team kind of like the Bills that I could see just needing to almost rebuild and, and tear down. The Saints more so, I think, than almost any team out here. So the move they need to make is tear down, trade off pieces. And the reason I say that is this team is $83.7 million over the daggum cap. I mean, holy mackerel. Like, it seems like every year these guys, this team just they just keep pushing a limit on how much money they are over the cap. And it's ridiculous. They're not even in the deck playoffs. Like they're not even first round in playoffs. Like they just need to stop. Like you Saints fans. I don't know how y'all are dealing with it, man. It'd be, I guess I do because, you know, for the longest time, Titans were kind of that eight and eight team, whatever. And for a while there, was a lot of us kind of screaming, like, just, just stop it, you know? and, I don't know if Saints fans are feeling that way, but if you are, I, I feel you because uh, they just need to cut it out and they need to just um, tear down, trade off pieces, and they just to me even if they're resigning guys, they just won't have the same kind of team. They won't have the same push. Uh, the Saint they were the second oldest team in the NFL at the start of season. I mean, it's just time for a rebuild, Saints fans. It, your team just needs to do it. Um, the sooner you guys get worse, the sooner you're going to get better. And you've already got one team in the Panthers that are building. Uh, you've got a team on the verge of being a lot better than you in the Falcons. And the Bucks are better than you right now anyway. You might as well join the Panthers and rebuild. You know, let let the Bucks and the Falcons run this thing for a while. And by the time you rebuild, maybe they'll start having to tear down a bit. So just rebuild the egg of thing. And I think the move to not neglect is – the same thing. It's rebuilding. Like, seriously. This is a good draft for several positions, most notably O line, quarterback, receiver, and some D line. So just rebuild. I mean, they need to move other pieces, get more picks, get a rebuild going. Carr is not going to be your quarterback for the next five years. It's not going to happen. So rebuild it. Let's go. You know? Uh, anyway. Los Angeles Raiders, or excuse me, Las Vegas Raiders, the move they need to make, and it's kind of tricky. You know, they they took the intern tag off uh, Antonio Pierce, made him the head coach, and uh, they have a rookie quarterback in Aiden O'Connell who they went with toward the end of the year, but uh, this team's just got a lot of, like, hard evaluation to do. I mean, is, is Aiden O'Connell going to be your quarterback? You know, I think you're sitting with, like, the – 13th pick, and I think I said that on the Steelers earlier. Steelers may be actually lower than that, and I take that back. They should have, like, I think I meant to say, like, the 18th pick or something like that. Uh, Anyway, so the Raiders with the 13th pick, uh, that's That's a hard spot. Like, you're not going to get one of the best quarterbacks in this draft at that spot, and you really should almost try to move up towards, if you can, as high as maybe the Chargers at 5, uh or even a giants i think it's 6 or titans even at 7 so you know if the raiders really got to look at this thing and decide that they want to draft a quarterback then i think they need to try to make that move up there um i know it's going to cost but go ahead and get your quarterback you know um cuz i don't see them getting one at 13 i just don't and then otherwise you say we're going to sit at 13 but then you decide do you trade for fields You know, do you try to sign Kirk Cousins, Russell Wilson? Um, I don't think this team has a a heck of a lot of money in the cap space, so that may be tough. Uh, Russell Wilson may be a better option. They're in a really tight spot with this, I feel, and it's key. It's key because they're going to have to do something there or maybe they just go with Aiden O'Connell and kind of start this thing over. Maybe they let Jacobs go start this thing over and, you know, p- accumulate some picks. It, they could go many different ways here, but they got to figure it out. They got to figure out what they're doing at quarterback. Cause it kind of will set the momentum towards, are you being super competitive this year, pushing for playoffs, or are you kind of rebuilding this thing in the right way to be much better later on. So But I think the move, all that being said, I think the move to not neglect is the offensive lines. Because no matter who the quarterback is going to be, that's one thing you can start building up now. And, you know, even if you don't draft a quarterback or something until a year or two, at least you got guys in there that are solidifying and making a team better as it is. And that leads us to a team in the same division here, the Denver Broncos. And this is one of the other messy teams in the whole NFL right now. I mean, goodness gracious. Uh, It's all about Russell Wilson, the move they need to make. It's all about the Russell Wilson situation and the quarterback position. This team needs to build for the future. And if Wilson can't be a part of that, then the Broncos need to take the hit now, move on to potentially better quarterback, and Stidham is not the answer. Forget all that. Um, And they need to get this figured out of what they're going to do. I think they're sitting with the 12th pick, I believe it is. There's a lot of people that are indicating that they might sit there and take a guy like J.J. McCarthy. Um, they're another team, kind of like the Raiders, where it's like if you decide you're going to draft a quarterback, maybe you should make a look at moving up, um, depending on what happens in front of you a bit with the first three, four picks. Um, you know, especially if the – I feel like if the Broncos, like if they if – they, you know, if the Patriots for some reason or another don't draft the quarterback or one of the top three teams don't draft the quarterback, then I think they need to be all over that and moving up. Um, but the move to not neglect is basically every other spot on the roster. I mean, the, while the Broncos don't have any big major free agents, they do have 15 free agents. And O-line and D-line need shoring up and they most likely need to do it through the drafts and cheap free agents as they are over the cap by about $24 million. So... You know, I don't see them bringing in any big major free agent. Maybe one. I, I do think they're they could. I think they're one of the teams that could actually adjust a lot of their cap if they trade off guys or cut guys. So we could see their cap situation change a bit. Uh, but by and large, they're going to have to do things through the draft or cheap free agents. So it does make sense to sort of rebuild this team a little bit as well. And I think that's kind of what they're going to opt to do. New York jets. What a mess. (laughs) seems like we're kind of getting into messy teams now, doesn't it? So the move they need to make is basically you're all in jets. You, you were all in even last year. It just last year just kind of blew up a little bit, but you're all in. So go and get left tackle and playmakers both defense and offense do what it takes to make this team on the top in NFL. You you can't waste this year with Rodgers. Um, you had a wasted year last year through no fault of your own, but you can't have it happen again. So you got to get him a, a solid left tackle to protect, and you got to push all in, try to get as many playmakers as possible, do what you need to do to do that, um, you know. And it just has to happen in two years. It's going to be a whole different thing with the Jets. They'll probably be rebuilding. But for now, they need to push it because don't tell me Aaron Rodgers is playing the 45. You know, I don't see it happening. Uh, The move they should not neglect is, I'm going to agree with a lot of other people here, backup quarterback. I mean, (sighs) Rodgers seems to just have something going on with him getting hurt. Uh, So I wouldn't trust it, especially coming off the injury he did. Uh, you know, if you can, if they can get a guy like a Brissett or a Minshew, um, may, you know, somebody in that realm, then they should try to go after that. Uh, you know, it needs to be a competent backup quarterback who can lead them in a couple games if need be. They only have five picks in the draft. So I wouldn't worry about drafting quarterback for now. You know, I know they need to figure out long-term, but with only five picks in a draft, unless they can. Find a way to get more. I wouldn't I wouldn't worry about that for now. They can worry about that another year or two. Um, they can always go free agent after Rodgers and do a bridge quarterback. But, yeah, Tannehill, Brissett, Minshew, Winston, Wentz, any of these quarterbacks I think that's had playoff championship type experience on, on the resume needs to be the backup for Rodgers. That's going to be the move they need, need to make sure they don't neglect. Minnesota Vikings. Now, here's the team, if I was a fan, I'd be frustrated with because you didn't have a very good year, kind of surprising. Uh, now you got to figure out if you're going to bring back Cousins or not, and I think that's the move they need to make is I, I just I think they need to. I think they need to re-sign Cousins and have an eye towards the future as far as maybe drafting a guy. I don't think Jaron Hall is going to be that guy. Uh, so, you know, you could draft in another guy, um, look at, you know, Having him learn under Cousins, sitting at pick eleven, it's not likely to get their long-term future signal caller, but they're not in the worst spot to do that either. Um, But again, I don't think they're going to use that pick for a future quarterback there. I think it's more more likely now. Now, granted, they could if Cousins, you know, does not resign, but this team, nobody really knows what they're going to do there. It's going to be kind of interesting to see. I think they're going to kind of wait to see how the board shakes out uh, if they haven't already re-signed Cousins. The move to not neglect is they need to re-sign Daniel Hunter. Hunter. He's a quality player, and they need to get him back. And they have other outside linebackers who will hit the market. So I think, you know, that's one guy they need to bring in, uh, back in so that they can be solid there. And then. I think they need to take a look at the running back. Uh, Madison is just okay, but I don't think it was enough. And uh, especially if they bring back Kirk Cousins, then I think that becomes a little bit of a priority to try to figure out something there. Uh, Maybe a guy like Eckler would be really good for that team. The Chicago Bears. So they're probably the one team that's actually a little bit exciting on everybody's radar because they have the number one pick. And obviously that's going to be the move they need to make is getting that number one pick, right. And everyone will say this. Um, but in all, in all honesty, it's being committed to a plan is, is really the move that they need to make and focus on is they need to be committed to a plan and no more hemming and hawing. Whoever the quarterback's going to be, it's time to build around them and be totally committed to it. So like this whole draft, you know, whole free agency is to me based around what they're doing at the quarterback spot. If it's fields, then you go out and you get solid veteran targets, prime targets for him. Really solidify that offense around him. If it's somebody you know like Caleb Williams, then draft guys. You know, have him like kind of like what the Packers did, have him build a rapport with young guys around him that way. So again, no more hemming and hawing. Commit to what you're going to do, um, and commit to it for three or four years, much like the Lions did. I think that's where the Bears are right now. Is you have to look at this you know, beyond a two-year plan and you have to get everything right. They do have um, 46 million cap space, two first round picks, third, uh, two, uh, two fourth round picks, so, and then I think like two sevenths and other like a fifth and sixth round or something like that. Um, so it's time to load this team up. You got the cap space, you got the draft picks, quit, you know, quit screwing around bears, make the plan and, and move ahead here. This division is not real strong. It may be stronger depending on what Vikings do, but you still got a shot at the Packers. They're still learning and growing. Um, Lions are going to be about the same. You know, this this whole division is getting better. And if the Bears don't get better, they're they're going to be finding themselves consistently at the bottom. So uh, this division is competitive, and they need to be as well too. The Falcon. Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot to say the move to not neglect. So right receiver. So don't get me wrong. Like DJ Moore for the bears has been good with fields. Um, you know, will he be with Caleb Williams if they go that way or whatever other quarterback. Uh, so either way, another star receiver, I think will really help that team. Uh, if it's fields, I, mean, I probably go free agent veteran receiver if possible. If it's Caleb Williams or a rookie, uh, quarterback, then I try to draft him a receiver as well, too. So I think that's something that they shouldn't neglect is getting a receiver. So Atlanta Falcons, uh, this is a team that should have been a lot better than it was. They they really should have had this division when you look at the playmakers on their offense. But they just don't have a quarterback, and that's the move they need to make. They, they have got to get a star quarterback in this draft um, or possibly free agency, but I think it would just be better if they could draft one. Uh, but that's what's, that's the only thing really missing from their offense. I mean, they have great playmakers and everything else. Um, they do have a pick in every round except seven, and they have an extra third. But the thing about the Falcons, if the Jaguars sign Ridley back, so we were talking about Rid- Jaguars and Ridley earlier, if they do sign Calvin Ridley back, then that will become a second-round pick. And that's one of the other factors for, for the Jaguars that I was saying is don't worry about that. Because, you know, now you're, um, you're going to give up a second round pick as well, too, uh, essentially. So, you know, but if you're the Falcons, you're hoping that happens. Now, let's, uh, either way, I think the, the Falcons should try to move up in the draft and, and get, you know, especially like try to move up the Patriots, you know, or the Giants. Um, so they could take that pick from them, you know, and, and if they could get that second rounder, excuse me, that would definitely help. Uh, if they could get the Patriots picked, that could change the game for them. So uh, Falcons is going to be an intriguing team to watch the next couple of weeks here, see what's, what happens to them. Now the move to not neglect is they need to keep adding to defensive pressure to help out the young offense. This team had some defensive moments. It needs to keep adding to that. Uh, they just weren't as solid or consistent all the time and didn't have the playmakers all the time. So they need to not neglect the defense. Titans, Tennessee Titans, interesting team. So they should have their quarterback, right? So the move they need to make is they had one of the worst offensive lines in the entire NFL, and they need to rebuild that line. Everything should be about the offensive line for the Titans. Um, They need to get a left tackle. They need to figure out the right tackle. They probably need to get a center because I think both their centers are free agents. And I wouldn't necessarily just be comfortable with re-signing one if I was the Titans. I think I'd try to go out and get one. Uh, Make all these guys basically young and improving for uh, Will Levis. I mean, if you you find a really good free agent, then fine, so be it. Uh, Maybe somebody like Jonah Williams. I know he's not necessarily the best out there, but it does make sense that if he comes over with Brian Callahan, he knows the system. Technically, Jonah Williams could play left tackle. Although I'd probably move him to right tackle or maybe even move him inside to right guard. I think if the Titans were to go Joe Alt at like pick seven, put him next to Skaronsky at left guard, put Jonah Williams at maybe right guard or right tackle. And then you could use Petit Frier at right guard. Maybe you pretty much have it. And then you maybe just draft a center and there you go. I think you can really turn that whole offensive line around in a heartbeat. And I think that's really the big move for the Titans. So left tackle and center should be top priorities. Could be an in-house candidate for right guard, right tackle, but bringing in a guy like Jonah Williams. And then the move to not neglect is cornerback. This team just could not stop elite receivers at all. And it was kind of surprising when we did a little bit. And I think some of that had to do with, we do have one Titans, do have one corner that is fairly good. Uh, no, I'm not saying Caleb fairly. I mean, it's, they have a corner in McCreary that is decent. And, but they do need more there. They need probably two more good corners, and they should not neglect that because uh, they have a couple of draft picks, and they do have, I think, the second or third most cap room in the NFL. So they should be able to find somebody and get somebody in there. Um, and if the Titans want to stop teams from scoring, you got to be able to slow down top receivers in this league. The New York Giants, the move they need to make, fire right now. <laughs> Giants are messed, uh, but they really do need to improve the offensive line and give the quarterback a better chance. Uh, they kind of went with Jones, so they need to protect Jones. They do have seven picks and two second rounders, so this shouldn't be a problem. And the move to not neglect for them is uh, they don't they need to not be afraid to draft a future quarterback. If and I'm not saying do this in the first round per se. Uh, but th- with the two second rounders, if somebody falls there, you know, go ahead and look at it again, like a love or you know, Rogers situation when the Pat, when they were on the Packers, and you know, don't be afraid to keep this guy for three years, even if he may not play. Uh, if, if he sounds like he might be the if it seems like he might be the right guy, you got the extra picks to do so this year. So, you know, make that move. Uh, San Diego Chargers, now this is a team that I find interesting because in some ways I think they're going to improve. I mean, they were 5-12 and 12 last year, so I don't think it can be a lot worse, especially with Harbaugh coming on board. But they do have a lot of key, not just free agents. They have a lot of free agents, but they have a lot of one-year contract guys, which we'll get to in a minute. But offensive line and center particularly and tackle, they need to really shore that offensive lineup for uh, their quarterback, uh, Herbert. So he's one of the best in the game, and to not give him protection is just wrong. Like, they they need to do that. They also need to figure out who will be the running back. Uh, Eckler is supposed to be a free agent. I, I kind of don't see them bringing him back, but I wouldn't be too surprised if they do. Um but they gotta get that figured out because I don't think anybody that they have behind Eckler is gonna be the guy. And so they'll need to figure out what they're gonna do there. They also need to figure out um, you know, the receiver situation. But that's what I want to say here is the move to not neglect is part of it. So the one-year contract players, they have Mike Williams at 32.4 mil one year, Keenan Allen, 34 mil. Again, all this is one year, this is what these guys can earn. Khalil Mack, 35 mil. Eric Kendrick's 9 mil, Rashawn Slater 5 mil, and um, Fox 5 mil. These contracts need to be looked at for cuts, extensions, or trades because that could really change their cap a whole lot. Could also bring them in draft picks, et cetera, um, potentially as well, too. I don't know. It's going to be really interesting to see what they'll do with Mike Williams, Keenan Allen. I don't necessarily see a team taking on that much money. Um, or Khalil Mack for that matter, but, you know, this Kendrick, Slater, Fox, I mean, these nine, 5 million guys possibly. So I think they actually have a lot of ways to sort of make this happen. They just really got to get a good look at it. And I think that's partly why Harbaugh's come there is that they might not be ready next year to do much about anything, but they could have a lot of assets to work with and, and ways to make themselves better going forward. Arizona Cardinals, now the move they need to make, they have two big priorities. Their two big priorities should be pass rusher and elite receiver. Uh, I think Marquise Brown is a free agent, and after moving off from Hawkins, they're going to need somebody, and they need to give Murray some weapons. They have plenty of draft picks to get it done, including a number four pick, which almost everybody I see is projecting to take Marvin Harrison Jr., uh, which makes a lot of sense. And so they have another first-round pick and two third-round picks. So they have 11 overall plus they're sitting on 42 million cash base as well. So this is another team kind of like the Bears where it's like you have the picks, you have some money, you need to um, get it done. And that's what I think they need to uh, not neglect is you know, spin an FA and get better. Uh, with as many picks as this team has, it can afford a bit of a splurge in FA. Now not don't, don't go crazy, but the right Additional free agent, spend a little money there. They should probably just need to get the positions right for what they want to do. But this team should be a lot better in 2024. I mean, you know, they're competing with Seattle and the Rams, two very beatable teams they can get ahead of. Uh, the 49ers are going to be the one team that, you know, will still be a big challenge in their division. But all in all, this we should see this team get a lot better. Uh, New England Patriots. So the move they need to make. This is again probably one of the more obvious in the NFL is they got to get a quarterback. I mean, seriously, um, everybody would thinks that. Well, not everybody, but a lot of people think they're going to draft the quarterback, which may happen. But I, I don't know. I kind of feel like they might surprise everybody and not draft the quarterback and bring in one of these veteran guys. Um, and roll with that for a little bit. Um but really needs a lot on offense. But with a new, not so co- new coach, it's time for a new plan on offense. Alex Van Pelt did well with the Browns. That's their new coordinator. So there should be optimism for past fans. Now the move to not neglect is offensive line. Uh, so bring in a new quarterback. If they do do that, well, even if they do it as a veteran, uh, it, was, it was a patchwork last year. and needs to be redone. The pick in each of the round of the 2020 draft should help. So, I think Patriots will be fine just depending on what all they do. They just, you know, need to figure out if they're going to draft the quarterback, or if they're going to try to go after one of these free agent guys or whatnot. The Washington commanders, this team is going to be interesting to watch with Dan Quinn. I'm not so sure about him, but, uh, he might've been their second choice too, as a coach after that fallout with Ben Johnson. But either way, they, they should be drafting a quarterback in this draft, uh, Sam Howell clearly isn't going to be a starter um, in his backup role, and they do have the second overall pick, so it's just a matter of who it will be. Uh, I can't imagine they're not drafting a quarterback, so that would be the big move there. Now, what not to neglect for this team is the overall roster construction vision. This team needs to retain a strong running game, but outside of that, needs to draft and bring in players for a specific vision. No offense to the receivers and Chris Samuel, who's a free agent, and um, there are other ones, but it needs to work out with what they want to do. So this team might have uh ability to trade some people as well, too. Uh, the other thing is I'm a bit concerned about the Dan Quinn-Cliff Kingsbury dynamic. I feel like it's either going to be kind of um, opposites attract and it's going to work out great kind of thing, or they'll split in a year. And one of them will get really frustrated with the other or something like that. And i all likelihood to be Clingsbury's that, that goes. But uh, it's kind of interesting pairing, if you ask me. Carolina Panthers, our last team here. So move they need to make. They need to basically pay now, build later. Which, I may, uh, which what I mean by that is if guys need to get off the team because they're older vets and all that. You know, you need to rework contracts to move off some of this stuff, and pay them now, you know, and, and trade them off, acquire assets. Uh, they don't have the best cap situation to add dynamic playmakers, you know, or have a lot of picks. So, and they much less have a first round pick this year. So they really need to just, just send things off, acquire, trade, all that kind of stuff. And they need to move on from older players. One-year deals, accumulate young talent picks, all that. If they need to take on some money for now to free up or acquire assets, then they should do that as well. Uh, in other words, you know, if you got an older player that's on a three-year deal, but you could knock it down to like a one-year deal, uh, even if you have to pay him a little more, they just they need to move off all this stuff and get more picks and build up around Bryce Young. Uh, now, I will say that the move to not neglect then is don't go into the season without a plan to acquire those assets around Bryce Young. Don't. Buy assets, sell off the assets to get more. Everything should be about the future, not now. So I mean, you know, I, I don't I don't really see this team getting a whole lot better. Uh, they just don't have the assets and things to get better. But what they could do is what some other teams have done, and kind of the Titans had to do this, where you just had to kind of stink for the two or three years. And Texans did this too, where you had to almost wait for some contracts to expire and or find ways to move guys off with of getting minor assets that year to then have some things to play with to get major assets going forward. So Panthers just got a lot of work to do to clean up their messes. That is all NFL 32 teams. And one thing that each team should do and not do. I hope you all enjoyed that. And uh, please remember that you can get your Just Sports podcast on Amazon Music, Apple Podcast, uh, Radio Public, RedCircle.com, Spotify, and uh, you can also find us Just Sports with John on Facebook, where you can leave us a comment or let me know if there's something you want me to talk about. I'd be glad to entertain those. And uh, thanks for listening. We always appreciate you, and have a good day.